tables. I'm going to do a couple of would you rather questions, okay? Just to yourself or your table. You don't need to tell anyone else. So, would you rather, number one, have a magic carpet that flies or your own personal robot? Okay, would you rather have a magic carpet that flies or your own personal robot? Would you rather? Okay, second one. Would you rather be the funniest person or the smartest person? And finally, for this round, would you rather live without a phone or a TV? I think this is pretty obvious, actually, what most people... Hands up, you'd rather live without a TV. Because you can watch it on your phone anyway. Yay. Right. So, welcome. If it's your first time this morning, I hope you have a really, really lovely morning. My name's Helen. I'm your host this morning. Sean is a responsible elder. Jason is leading us in worship. Nathan is doing a talk later on, and we should be all finished by half past 11. So we're going to have some worship now. Uh, We're going to have a little bit of an interview with Graham and Helen Coates, who are down here. So that'll be a treat. Uh, Then we're going to have a bit more worship. Nathan is going to do a talk on um, Genuine. That's what uh, Graeme and Helen are going to be talking about as well. Parents, give us a wave for your parent. Okay, this is especially for Nathan, okay? Nathan said, please tell me for my own family's benefit that children can move around and make a noise, okay? So Gaines and Taylor, you may move around and may make a noise. Just uh, make sure everyone is safe. Uh, Adults, um, look where you're going if you're moving around, that you don't tread on a small person. And small people, be careful when you're moving around that you don't run into a large person. Okay? So just stay safe. So that's where we're going this morning. If you want to bring a contribution, things are a bit different, and you might kind of think, well, I can just, you know, not engage this morning. We've got to hit the ground running this morning because we've got about a few songs then we'll be in the interview. So not an extended time of worship. We're going to have some worship kind of interspersed the whole morning. So if you've got a word or a prayer or a prophecy, you know, come up and see myself and Sean um, pretty quick so that we can fit that in. Okay, over to Jason. Great. Thank you. If you're willing and able, please stand. This morning, it'd be great for us all to get involved. So the first thing I'd like us to do is give a clap. Can you clap? Great. You can do a clap. That's great. This first song involves a lot of clapping. So, young kids, I want you to be the loudest at clapping this morning. Please join in very loud. Beat the parents. Right. Here we go. We're going to sing, Lord, you are good. Good and your mercy endureth forever. 
you and we lift you up this morning. You are good and you are faithful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This next song involves a bit more uh, from you guys. Right, little kids, if you're a little kid, if you feel like a little kid this morning, you can put your hand up as well. <laughs> little kids <laughs> and young people. Right, let's join in with this one. So, can you dance for me? Can you give me a little dance? Pa you can join in uh, if you're a little bit older than five years old. That's fine. You can still join in. So can you give me a little dance this morning? Maybe bring back the, is this the 60s? The, the little <laughs> swing? I don't know. I'm not too sure. But, but have a little dance this morning. Can you, if I say shout on three, can you give me a big shout? So one, two, three, shout! shout! Yeah, a little bit louder, I think. One, two, three, shout! shout! There we go, that's good. When you hear those cues, oh, oops. <laughs> okay, I shouted too loud. Right, when you hear those cues, join in as well. That'd be great. Because you are good and I shout because 
to me, to me, with a cry of praise, my heart will proclaim, you are good, you are good, in the sun of rain, my life celebrates, you are good, you are good, with a cry of praise, my heart will proclaim, you are good, you are good, in the sun of rain, my life celebrates, you are good, you are good, and I sing because you are good, and I dance because you are good, and I shout because you are good, you are good to me, to me, and I sing because you are good, and I dance because you are good, and I shout because you are good, you are good to me, to me, and I sing because you are good, and I dance because you are good, and I shout because you are good, you are good to me, to me, to me. Praise your name, Lord. Yeah, Lord, we worship you. You are good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We lift up your name.
No thanks, we're going to stand. <laughs> right, Graham and Helen, would you like to introduce yourselves? Guess what? I'm Helen. <laughs> and this is Graham. <laughs> um, over the next few weeks, over the summer series, if you don't know, we're going to be looking at each of our culture words. Now, if, it's, if you're fairly new here, or it's your first time, you might not know about these. So we have five words which we've been um, working on to underlie um, our whole life as Harvest Church. So they are genuine, courageous, thankful, safe. Have I missed out one? Generous. Yeah, I thought it was four. <laughs> it's because I put genuine in bold, so because that's the one we're concentrating on today. So genuine, um, the kind of definition around that for us as a church is helping each other be really real. So that's what I'm um, going to ask Graham and Helen to share with us. I might need a good optician to read the questions. I did bring... <laughs> Does anyone know one? <laughs> For those who don't know, Graham is, what's your full title? Uh, Graham being technical. <laughs> uh, um, BSC times two, MC optum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, oh, boring, boring. <laughs> He's an optician. Well, <laughs> <laughs> call you, sir. Right, so here we go. Helen, could you give us an example in your own life about being genuine with God? Um, being genuine and real. Oh, am I okay? Up a bit. Is that better? Oh, no. A bit like that. Being genuine, being real, isn't always totally obvious. And um, <laughs> have you ever been in a church service and felt like you couldn't wholeheartedly sing the words, I surrender all, no more I doubt. And because being honest is really important to me, I, for a while, didn't sing those words. I would just stand there and I thought, I want to be true, I want to be honest. You know, at this point, I don't feel I can say, I surrender all. But then I heard someone mention that when they sing words like that, they express it as an intention, as a desire that one day that will be true for them. And so God and I have a little understanding now that I can sing those words and it is an expression of where I'd like to be one day, on where I'm heading. Um, and he knows perfectly well where I'm at now. I know that too. And, um, but also it can be an expression of where I'd like to be, and he knows my heart as well. Graham, I know you have a particular way of asking people how they are. Some of you may have experienced this personally. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What a good question, Helen. I'm Anyone one would of those think they might have given them to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people who, when I ask you, how are you, I, I really mean it. I want to know how you're doing. I want you to be real with your answer. 
But I do appreciate it's not any easy question to answer. Hence, the stock response more often than not is, oh, I'm fine. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I am fine is the only answer we could possibly give in that moment. Because we may be fine, or it might be opening up a can of worms that we really don't want to go down. So, to get round the I am fine answer, I often ask people to tell me how they are doing on a one to 10 scale. One, the complete pits. 10, I'm on a hammock in the Caribbean with a beer and an ice cream. <laughs> it's amazing how honest people are when just giving you a number. How releasing it can be to just admit this morning you're on number four. It tells me all I need to know. And it stirs compassion with, within me to want to pray just within myself, but it's all I wanted to know about how that person genuinely is doing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying every conversation needs to be deep and meaningful, far from it. But if we as Christians cannot be honest with each other, then uh, we might as well pack up because I don't want to be involved in that. Honesty, truth, being genuine. Okay, Andrew Lawrence, are you ready for this one? I think you want to say something about Andrew Lawrence. Helen. I, I have warned him. <laughs> um, Jesus said, all you need to say is simply yes or no, or let your yes be yes and your no be no. Now, in my day, if you needed to emphasize that you really meant what you said, some people would say, cross my heart and hope to die. Now, what do you say nowadays, kids? Do you say, take my phone if I should lie? <laughs> so if someone says yes to you or no to you, there's that flip side, isn't it, of you accepting what they've said to you. Now, this is where we come on to Andrew Lawrence. I'm a bit inclined, if someone doesn't give me the answer I want, to try and persuade them to give me the yes or the no that I want. But Andrew, if he comes to you and says, um, would you consider being a life group leader or would you come and clean the toilets? Then if you say yes, he'll say thank you. And if you say no, he won't cajole you. He won't say, are you sure God's not telling you to clean the toilets? <laughs> he just accepts what you've said. And I feel that helps us to be genuine. Right, you've uh, alluded to life group. You are life group leaders. So how does being genuine work out in your group? Another Great question, Helen. During the 16 years of leading our group, we've covered almost every topic imaginable. Uh, from discussing what does the Bible say about eating vegetables, that was a classic, by the way, uh, to studying in depth the book of Revelation. Throughout all that time, one of the key threads has been to encourage honesty, to give space for people to ask the difficult questions, to be real and tell it as it really is, to not pretend that we've got it all sorted. In fact, not to pretend that we've got any of it sorted. Over the past months, we have taken it in turns to tell our life stories in our group. Oh, what, a, what an absolute privilege it's been to be in, involved in hearing people's life stories. People have been really honest about their ups and downs, their successes, their failures, 
you can't help but want to support that bunch of people uh, in any way they are because they are amazing. They're truly amazing. And we're journeying together. Right. Helen, last one. How about being honest and genuine with yourself? When I was five years old, I got sent out of the classroom for the first time for being naughty. Yeah. How many of you have been sent out of the classroom for being naughty? Thank you. How many of the teachers among us have sent out someone from the classroom for being naughty? <laughs> so there I was, standing outside the classroom, alongside naughty Tom, who really deserved to be there because he was naughty. But I didn't deserve to be there. All I'd done is ask my friend Beth for my ruler back. That, that's all I'd done. I was innocent. But I had been told not to talk, and I talked. I wasn't innocent. Now, many years later, I try to be honest with myself. And if I've messed up, I try to acknowledge that and seek forgiveness. And if I've done well, then I acknowledge that and I'm thankful. So, yeah, that's a way of me making sure that I look inside and go, yeah, am I, have I been naughty or have I not? Oh, by the way, that was the first and last time that I got sent out of the class for being naughty. Okay, final one for Graham. Could you finish off by saying a little about what being genuine with God looks like for you? My God knows me better than I know myself, which is a good thing because sometimes when I look in the mirror, I do think, who are you? I wrestle with all my hopes and dreams, my doubts, my fears. Aren't we all a glorious mix of the divine hope and a fallen mess? I'm on a journey of acceptance. This is me with all my strengths and weaknesses. I stand on the bedrock that God knows me entirely and accepts me unconditionally. I read about it in the Bible, but more, more importantly, he has proved it countless times in my life. That God is for me is possibly the most releasing statement ever. It gives me freedom to be me, to be honest with myself, and in turn, hopefully, to be honest and real with others. Should we say thank you to Helen and Graham? <laughs> Stay here a minute. Stay here. Okay, it wouldn't be right to send them off without a would you rather question, would it? This is for you guys too. Okay, would you rather sweat honey or smell like a skunk? You guys can discuss amongst yourselves too. Would you rather sweat honey or smell like a skunk? Helen. Oh, sweat honey, I think. That seems like a no-brainer, sweat honey. Sweat honey, okay, right, one more. Would you rather only be able to whisper or have an incredibly loud voice? <laughs> if I'm in a room with Sean, I'm going to go for an incredibly loud whisper. voice. <laughs> I think to whisper. A whisper. Okay. Right. Thank you, everyone. We've got some more worship with Jason. Thank you. Thank you. If you're able to, again, please stand. I think it'd be great to uh, see in a place where we maybe not be, we might not be feeling this morning, but in faith to step into that this morning. You might not be in the place where you feel that you can respond in this way in this song but I encourage you to like Helen, Helen was sharing to step out so let's try this I will offer up my life 
Wonderful. Good morning, everyone. You can take your seat if you haven't already. Well, it is good to be together, and it is great to have the children in with us. And um, I just love it. It's special when we come together, and everyone's in the room together. And we get the mess of that, and we get the fun of that, and we get the joy of generations, meeting with generations, and, uh, and getting to know each other a little better. And I hope you're adjusting just to sitting around tables. It's a little bit different, isn't it? Hands up if you love it already. Hands up if you hate it already. Hands up if you're undecided. Hands up if you just don't want to say in, in front of everyone else. Yeah, no, yeah. no, you probably don't want to put your hands up either, do you? Well, it's a little bit different. I hope you're as the morning goes on, you enjoy actually getting to know some different people and some people around you, and um, that's our hope and our aim. Um, on your tables, there are some worksheets there that if you're a child or an uh, adult who wants to be a child still, you can draw and you can do a few little quizzes. It all ties into what I'm about to speak on now, so uh, I hope that helps, and I hope you enjoy that. This morning, as we mentioned, we started a 5 week series, a five-week preaching series, looking at our Harvest Church culture. Culture is all about the way that we feel and the way that things are around us. Every family has a culture. Every workplace has a culture. Every school classroom has a culture. Even our streets and our, uh, the people that we live around, there is a culture that exists there. And so even our church has a culture, and it's important to recognize that we as a church have a culture. Now, in each of those things, we can either be uh, really intentional about setting the culture, or we can just adjust to what is and just go with the flow to what's around us, not giving it much thought. But it exists whatever 
we think. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians. He says, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. As Christians, we're called, young and old, to be ambassadors of Christ to the world around us, to represent Christ to the world around us, to influence culture around us. Now, why don't we just for 30 seconds on our tables just discuss, as a child, or if you are a child right now, what was the culture of your family like? Maybe to just mention one thing. Was it a really welcoming culture in your family that you loved to have your door open to anyone at any time? The door was always open. Was it that you loved to have a culture of meal times? You loved to have meals together. Was it that you loved to do individual things? You had separate moments where you all did individual. What was your, the culture of your family like? 30 seconds on your table. Feel free to discuss or say silent as you wish. All right, great. Your 30 seconds are up. You can talk about that more if you want afterwards. So as a church, we have a culture. And one of the intentional words that has already been mentioned this morning for our culture that we want to have is genuine. We want to be genuine. And our definition, as has already been mentioned, is helping each other be really real. Can we just repeat that together? Are you ready? Helping each other be really real. Great. So what does that actually mean? <laughs> well, let's look at a story in the Bible that I think really encourages this and helps us. It's a story, actually, that Gaines and I, uh, my oldest, we've been talking about this week, and uh, we've been Gaines, can you remember the, the guy on the stretcher? What's his name? Can you remember? You don't know. We decided to call him Bruce. So you can think of him as Bruce. His name probably wasn't Bruce, but we decided to call him Bruce. This is from Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to read it from the message version, the message paraphrase. It says, One day, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and religion teachers were sitting around. They had come from nearly every village. There's a strong breeze up here. They had come from nearly every village in Galilee and Judea, even as far as Jerusalem, to be there around Jesus. And the healing power of God was on him. Some men arrived carrying a paraplegic on a stretcher. They were looking for a way to get into the house and set him before Jesus. When they could not find a way in, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, removed some tiles, and let him down in the middle of everyone, right in front of Jesus. Jesus, impressed by their bold belief, said, Friend, I forgive your sins. That set the religion scholars and Pharisees buzzing. Who does he think he is? That's blasphemous talk. God and only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and said, Why all this gossipy whispering? Which is simpler to say, I forgive your sins? Or to say, get up and start walking? Well, just so it's clear that I am the Son of Man and authorized to do either or both, he then spoke to the paraplegic directly. Get up, take your bedroll, and go home. Without a moment's hesitation, he did it. He got up, took his blanket, and left for home, giving glory to God all the way. The people rubbed their eyes, incredulous, and then also gave God the glory. Awestruck, they said, we've never seen anything like that. What a wonderful story. I absolutely love it. It's a great story. Now, a question for you. Do you want me to tell it again? I'll tell you it again a little bit later, my boy. How many people like wearing masks? 
How many people like wearing masks? Do you like superhero masks? Maybe you've been to, well, I don't even know what it's called, one of those mask balls, is that what it's called? A masquerade, is that what it's called? Anyone been to a, ma- is it a masquerade? Is that what it's called? Anyone? Mask- yeah, masquerade. Anyone been to a masquerade? Yeah, yeah. Gaines has, wow, when did you do that? Mask, I've got one of Gaines's masks here. Here's a nice little mask of a tiger. It's great for covering you up. What about these things? Well, I know, I know, face masks that brings back memories. Or I went into the doctors the other day and uh, they said, you need to wear a face mask. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I had to put it back on and it was a reminder of just the last couple of years and all that we've had. I lost count over the last couple of years, actually, the number of times that I met someone and they were wearing a face mask and I forgot who it was behind that mask because you kind of only see half the face. Like, Remind me again of your name. Oh, 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 it's you. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I couldn't see you properly. It covered up so much of our face. Masks hide something of reality. They cover up who someone really is and what we're like. And we can all put on not just physical masks, but we can put on these masks across who we are, these invisible masks to cover up who we are or how we're feeling. And the sad thing is that churches can easily be times and moments when we gather together only to feel like we have to have it all together, that we have to put on this mask to say, I'm, I'm sorted, I'm okay, because we feel like we're the ones who should be well and healthy and have everything sorted We're supposed to be the healthy ones who are helping others. But in reality, young and old, all of us will have things that we're working through, varying emotions, health and circumstances. But the freedom that comes from being genuine, being really real, is so releasing. We've already heard about some of that through Graham and Helen. We see it in the Psalms. We see how they're songs and poems of genuine pain, but also real faith. Are you going to come up here with me? All right, good. And so we want to have a genuine, uh, I've lost my notes now, thank you, James. This is the mess that we have together, isn't it? This isn't good. We want to have a culture in this church of being really genuine. That on our Sunday meetings together, we're genuine. As Graham said, actually, there's something about asking, how are you really doing? How are you really doing? That we're able to share with each other. That in our Sunday morning groups in the source downstairs for our children's work. You want your mask? There you go. All right. All right, you go back to Mama. Okay, will you go to Mama? She'll put it on. Thank you. There you go. All right, thank you. All right, go to Mama. You still with me? Great. Am I still with myself? I hope so. In our children's groups, in in the source, we want them to be times and places where actually they can be really real about how they're doing. In our life groups, in our ministries, when we meet people on the streets, we want them to see that we're really real, that we can be honest about how things are and how we're doing. Why? Because that's what Jesus was like. He calls us to follow him. These friends of the paralyzed man felt able to break open a stranger's roof because they felt able to come to Jesus and be real. But if our definition of being genuine is helping each other be really real, what does that actually mean for us? I love this story, and I love this story for many reasons, but here's a few. Firstly, Jesus heals a man who couldn't walk. It's amazing. We just need to stop there sometimes, don't we? We read these stories, we go, yeah, maybe I've heard that before. Jesus heals this man. Great, good, 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 yeah. No, Jesus heals this man who couldn't walk before. Secondly, Jesus welcomes the interruption. You can imagine he's almost waiting for it. He's in this room. He's got lots of people around him, all asking him questions. He's like, I know someone's coming. I know they're coming. When are they coming? And suddenly, like, the roof breaks in, and, like, dust, and I don't know what was in the roof. Sean could probably tell you better. Bricks, no, probably not. Woods, plaster, paint, all just suddenly crumbles in, and people are like, what on earth? What is going on in here? And suddenly, these people, these friends, put this man down on a stretcher. I love this story as well because Jesus sees the faith of the friends. Did you notice that in the story? Jesus sees the faith of the friends. It's not the faith of a man. 
It's the faith of the friends. The friends bring this man to Jesus, and he loves it. They're the ones in the background. We're able to be real with each other if we know that we're loved and accepted and welcomed by God. We're, if we're secure in our identity in Christ, we're able to share what's really going on with others because we know we are unconditionally loved, whatever our circumstances. Sometimes if we're walking out as a family, we're going out on a walk, sometimes games will stop and say, Daddy, please carry me. And he's done. He's kind of, his energy has gone. And I love it because it's this moment where I have the joy of carrying my son. Just for a few minutes, you know, because he's getting big now and a little bit heavy. But joy for a few minutes where I get to put it and he kind of nestles his head into my neck. And I love it because I get to carry him through a moment where he's struggling. This is falling off. Enjoying all sorts of problems this morning. It's a joy to carry my son for a few minutes. There have been times in my life where all I can say to someone around me is, I'm struggling. I'm in real need. I don't know what to do. And friends and brothers and sisters in Christ have carried me along. There have been other times where people have messaged me, come around to my house or just grab me after meeting and say, I don't know what to do. And it's been my joy in those moments to carry them to Jesus in prayer, to encourage them towards Jesus, to help them know the love of God. Jesus sees the faith of the friends and forgives the paralyzed man. Finally, I love this story because Jesus heals. Now, children, listen up. This is really important truth. I want you to hear this this morning. Jesus loves to heal. He loves to heal. He loves to do it. He has the power to do it. He loves to fix the brokenness in our hearts, and he loves to restore things and make them better. One day, Jesus is going to come back again, and he's going to make all things new. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more suffering. He's going to make all things new. And whether we've known healing physically in our life up until that point or not, Jesus is going to make all things new. We're going to have new bodies. We're going to be resurrected. And we're going to enjoy Jesus forever. Jesus in this story isn't just interested in the man's eternal salvation. He is definitely interested in that. But he's interested in blessing him. I don't know how long this man's been waiting for this. Maybe he's even known Jesus walk past at some stage and just kind of, oh, gee, oh, and Jesus, it was too late. He'd gone with the crowd. But in this moment, he knew the hand and the blessing of God. And this week, as we've been discussing this story, Gaines and I, he asked this question. He's had an infection uh, this week. And he asked this question, why hasn't Jesus healed my infection yet? Such a real question. Jesus isn't scared of those questions. He's not running from them. Perhaps this man had asked this question before. We don't know why we have to wait for healing sometimes. But we do know this. For those whose hope and trust is in Jesus, we will be healed eventually. Whether in our days on this earth or in eternity, we will be restored, made new, and given glorious new bodies that cause us to walk, run, leap and jump in praise of God. Can I ask the band to come up? In a moment, we're going to sing a song of worship and response. Being real can be hard. But when we together have a culture of being really real with each other, when we come alongside each other and help each other to be real, we can find that we, we grow closer towards God together, that we're united as a church we're able to recognize our weaknesses and our great need for his strength. For it's only in his strength that we're satisfied. Why don't we just, where we are, why don't we just close our eyes for a moment? Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to walk on this earth to come and to proclaim the kingdom of God. We thank you for that Jesus came and was really real. He met with real people 
and accepted them, accepts us. And Lord, I pray for each of us, I pray for us as a church, Lord, I pray that we would be really real in times of suffering and in times of great joy. I pray that we'd be real with each other, that we'd point each other towards God. I pray as well, Lord God, that we would be honest about our situation and look for each other to carry us towards you. In times where we're struggling, God, I pray that we'd help each other to, to come towards you, to press into your presence, to, to get things a little bit messy sometimes, that we would draw close to you as you've called us to. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Andrew's going to just come and lead us for a moment. all of us to stand please part of our church a person called Bob Ward many of you will know Bob has been battling cancer for many years and he's really really unwell now and I'd just love us to pray for Bob and to pray for Nicola so can we all raise our voices together and you, you, you pray what's on your heart for them okay and then I'll lead us in prayer Jesus, we come to you. We lift Bob before you, Father. Our greatest desire would be for him to be made whole and well. And we know that will happen in glory at some point in the future, but we'd love him to be whole and well on this earth. And so we lift him to you and say, God, be with him. Keep him and sustain him. Help him in this uh, time of great sickness and illness. We pray, uh, wrap uh, Bob and Nicola in your love envelop them with your love even now as they're at home together Father God let your love come and be so present in their home come and minister to them Spirit of God be with them and with all their family Father for their three children their spouses, their grandchildren a wider family Lord come and be with them. Come and be their comfort. Come and be their strength. Help them to keep looking to you in this, in this time of hardship and challenge. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jason.
achieving our future glory. Heading towards the end of our uh, meeting this morning, but uh, before we uh, wrap up, many of you will know that uh, we've got a number of folk from the young people from the, the church heading uh, to New Day, which is uh, over in Norwich. Um, as a church, we've got 27 young people either part of or associated with the church going. We've got a number of uh, adult leaders going as well, and we're, uh, we're combining with churches from Odium and Hook. So I think they've got in the region about 50-ish young people going tomorrow morning up to uh, Norwich. There's going to be, it's basically they're going to camp, they're going to spend time with uh, about 5,000 other young people. They're going to be spending time worshipping Jesus, hearing about him. They're going to be fellowshipping together, they're going to be eating together, and maybe even sleeping during that time as well. Um, so I want to pray for uh, both the young people and the leaders, and so in order for the rest of you to get a, an idea of some of the folk who are going, I'd just like to ask if you are going to New Day to stand just for a few moments. I'll single you out if you don't stand. <laughs> Lucy. Josiah, come on, stand up, please. It'll be quicker if you get it over and done with. Come on. Anyone? Yay. So they're going off tomorrow morning. You can sit down now. I've embarrassed you enough. Um, by coach. So we've got a lot of things we've been praying for, but I'm just going to uh, pray now. Father, I want to thank you for... Uh, What's going to happen this coming week in New Day, Lord? Lord, because if it's anything like what you've done in the past, there are going to be lives transformed. There are going to be healings. There are going to be salvations, going to be lives transformed. And I pray, Lord, that this week would be just as good or even better than what they've had in the past. I pray, Lord, that uh, our young people's lives will be so transformed in this coming week that they will just draw closer to you, Lord Jesus. Know who you are and what you've done for them. Lord, I pray for their friendships, that there would be, they, they would grow, that there would be new friendships to, developed in this coming week. Lord, I pray for safe journeys for, for all those attending, whether it's from uh, our church, the churches across this country, Lord, that you would give them safe journey. Lord, I pray for the leaders as they are there. They're giving their own time to serve our young people. I pray that you'd bless them, that they also would have a good week and would draw closer to you. I pray for health, good health for everyone during the week and for good weather, that actually it would be a great week, there wouldn't be any rain and the weather wouldn't affect what they were doing. And Lord, I pray most of all, that you would be glorified in this coming week. Both in the worship, in what is said, everything that happens, you, Lord, would receive the glory. 
Amen. Amen. I'm going to hand over and just to, to Helen, but uh, if you know, anything that's happened this morning, you, you feel you'd like some prayer, I would suggest start at your table. Ask some folks on your table to pray for you. But also you can come up and see Helen and I as well if you like prayer. Okay, are you ready for one more would you rather? Fiona, you might want to look at this one for those going to New Day. Are you ready? Okay, would you rather never have to shower again or never cut your toenails? Oh, I wasn't expecting that response. Right, we are nearly done. Thank you for um, taking part in this morning. Thank you for embracing the new way of doing things. Um, just a little bit of news on Tuesday, this Tuesday coming, um, our normal hour of prayer is going to be a prayer walk. We did this a few weeks ago, and it was really, really brilliant. Um, last time we met at the Market Square, this time we're meeting at the Community Centre car park entrance. Okay? If you don't know where that is, then ask someone on your table, okay? The community, car park, community centre car park entrance in Alton, that is. Um, if you have got a welcome pack, it's your first time today, you should have a welcome card inside. We'd love you to fill that in, please, and give it to someone in a yellow T-shirt or pop it in the box on the table um, so we can get to know you a little bit better. And uh, look out for Karen's update in the week with any extra news on. Um, thank you to uh, PA, thank you to Sarah and Thomas, everyone who's got involved, Helen and Graham, worship team, thank you. Um, and message from Karen, please don't feel like you need to put the chairs and tables away if anyone was feeling that they wanted to, because Karen wants them left out. So just abandon them. Where it's very blowy up here, isn't it, Nathan? <laughs> Um, yeah, leave them where they are. Tea and coffee and cold drinks will be served in the cafe. And remember to ask for prayer. Oh, Judith. Oh, yes. There was a pair of glasses in the ladies, well, not in the ladies' toilet, on the shelf in the ladies' toilet. Jude, they're over on the table. They were very nice glasses. Um, so, yeah, if you've left them this morning, it was before the meeting. So if you left some glasses in the toilet, please collect them from the table. Um, help yourselves to drinks. Thank you.